Hello and welcome to Counterthought, a podcast dedicated to my counterthoughts about mainstream media, politics, and culture, and the impact on our nation. I am your host, Brian Fletter. You can follow this podcast on its Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast, on Instagram at counter underscore thought, and on Twitter at counter underscore podcast. Hello and welcome to Counterthought. I just wrapped up a celebratory weekend celebrating my oldest son's fourth birthday. Well, one of the things I noticed, I guess, was that he just lives his life turning four years old, just lives his life one day at a time, even shorter than that, shorter increments, probably an hour at a time, five minutes at a time, one minute at a time. And at four years old, he still has the innocence of a child, which I love, you know, just seeing the smile on his face and you know, just the happiness that he is filled with, which I'm thankful for. But he does not think four years into the future, three years into the future, a year, six months, anything like that. It is just what is going on at that present moment. And he doesn't have a worry, right? I mean, he can have worries and fears, yes, but nothing like we as adults can have. And as I just enjoyed watching his innocence and his happiness and everything as we celebrated his fourth birthday, it got me thinking, well, let's look into the future. And so for this episode, we're going to talk about the 2024 election, because that's what most eyes in the political world are focused on beyond the midterms of the 2022 election, which traditionally after a new party takes over in the Oval Office. Midterms following that election for the presidential election flips, right? Either the full Congress or the House or the Senate. So the expectation is that the Republican Party is going to take over the House and or the Senate. Now, the Republicans, if you remember, you could say should have controlled the Senate today. But with everything that went on at the end of the 2020 election and all that stuff, they lost both Senate seats in the state of Georgia. But the thought is, and based on approval ratings and everything going on right now, and the overreaches by the Democratic Party and the executive branch of the Biden administration, the thought is that 2022 is going to flip at least the House and also the Senate to the Republican Party, which would leave President Biden as a lame duck president for his last two years, which then catapults us forward into the 2024 presidential election. Now, if you follow politics at all, you have noticed recently or over the past couple of months and definitely within this past month that former President Donald Trump is turning up the frequency of his appearances. He's hosting rallies now. He's making more media appearances, doing more interviews on TV, radio, different podcasts. You know, putting his name back out there after kind of staying quiet for the first uh, four or five, six months or so. So is Trump going to run in 2024? That's the question, right? That's the question everyone wants to know the answer to. He has not officially declared. Everyone on the right uh, side of the media is clamoring and begging to be the podcast or the news station or the, the cable news channel that Trump chooses to make that announcement, if he chooses one. Now, you remember when he announced for the 2016 election that he came down the staircase in Trump Tower and and announced in that venue. Could do something like that again? Who knows? But that's the question looking ahead to 2024. Is Trump going to run? And if he doesn't, 
who is going to run for the Republican Party and who is most likely to be the nominee. So as I just said, Trump is increasing his frequency on podcasts, radio interviews, TV interviews, and now he is hosting rallies in various states to you know, continue his support that he had up through the 2020 election. He already has a super PAC created, which is called Make America Great Again. And he now has a joint fundraising committee, or a JFC, called Save America. Save America is kind of the, the banner he's been running under now the past couple of weeks, like with his most recent rally in Georgia, uh, I think over this past weekend. And what Save America is focused on is, because it is a joint fund- fundraising committee, is used to generate money, generate donations to support candidates that Trump also supports and endorses and help take over, you know, like these House and Senate seats, these congressional seats that are coming around in uh, 2022 and also in 2024. And I believe his Make America Great Again campaign is, or PAC is more focused towards a potential uh, run again in 2024, but also I think that, that money can be used for candidates, congressional candidates as well. So he's stirring back up the base, right? He knows where his base is. He knows which states and locations to go to. He knows what podcast and radio and news stations to appear on to continue to keep his name out there and keep the fire alive, you know, for him and, and the Republican Party. But he has not officially announced that he will run in 2024. Like I just said, everyone is hoping on the right side of the news media to be the one who he chooses to make that announcement if he chooses one at all. But it got me thinking. If Trump runs again in 2024, I believe he's the only the second president to do that, to lose an election and then come back the next election and, and run again. But if he does that, is he the best candidate for the Republican Party? And that's what I want to dive into here on this episode. Is Trump, if he decides to run again in 2024, which I'm going to guess that he will, is he the best candidate for the Republican Party to stand up against whomever runs on the Democrat side. And you could think, whomever runs, wouldn't it be Joe Biden? No, I 100% believe that Joe Biden won't even finish his first four-year term. I'd be surprised if he goes past the one-year mark. He'll probably maybe go to the two-year mark, and then some kind of handoff is going to happen, and Kamala Harris is going to take over. I've thought that since before the 2020 election, that he'll maybe go a full year, and that's about it. Um, But I do not believe, I would basically bet my life savings that he does not finish four years. So is Trump the best Republican candidate? And then who would he most likely score off against in 2024? Well, Trump may announce he's going to run in 2024, but whether he does or he doesn't, who could the potential other Republican candidates be? There's quite a list. I think you could have Christy Noem which is the South Dakota governor. She's been on the news a lot over this past year, as you can tell if you follow politics at all. She's very popular. Rick Scott, the former governor of Florida and current senator for the state of Florida. Marco Rubio, I think Marco might put his hat back in the ring after the 2016 election. He's the second, the other Florida senator. Former VP Mike Pence. I liked Mike Pence. Um, he actually looks exactly like a neighbor of mine, a, um, a dad neighbor of mine growing up. 
Um, it's pretty pretty hilarious that even his children agree. But I always loved how Mike Pence spoke uh, during the Trump administration. You know, from 2016 to th- through 2020, I always said if if Trump would just speak 50 percent of the time, like Pence does all the time, then Trump's popularity would jump from the low to mid 40s up over 50 percent. I wholeheartedly believe that if Trump would just speak like Pence did, 50% of the time Trump spoke, his popularity would have been over 50% and he would still be president. I think after Pence, you could also have Mike Pompeo. So another member of the Trump administration, he's the former Secretary of State. I think he did a fantastic job. Also a former CIA director. I think you could have a, a dark horse in Dan Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw is very popular. Um, on the conservative right-wing media outlets. He is a former military. He comes, he's a congressman from the Houston area. Very popular, makes a lot of uh, good points, good arguments. He's very sound and controlled whenever he speaks. Very level-headed. I think you could have potentially Greg Abbott, the Texas governor. Greg Abbott is probably the second most popular uh, Republican governor. He's ahead of Christy Noem, but I would say behind DeSantis. Then you have Brian Kemp, the Georgia current Georgia governor. Now, Kemp and Trump have had some uh, rocky moments in the past, especially going through the 2020 election process. Maybe that hatchet's been buried, maybe not. But I think Brian Kemp could put his name in the ring. And then you have the favorite, current favorite, to win the GOP nomination if Trump did not run. And my governor of the state of Florida, Ron DeSantis. Now, going back earlier in the year, they did some polling of the um, CPAC. There we go, CPAC. So at CPAC, there was just a, a poll taken at the at the end of it or during the course of it. And DeSantis polled second to Trump by a wide margin as the favorite to be the GOP nominee in 2024. Now, I'm conflicted with DeSantis because DeSantis, like I said, is my governor. And DeSantis sent through this whole COVID, 18 months of COVID COVID now that we've been dealing with. He's been the, uh, he's been the fighter for, you could say, freedom, but he's been the barrier, the buffer, protecting Floridians and our state from the Biden administration and the executive branch overreach or overreaches that have been occurring. So I'm conflicted because, you know, I want I want the best for our country. And I think DeSantis would do a great job. He's done a good job here in Florida and done a well enough job to win a good amount of independence and also uh, Democrat voters. But if he ran for president, he would be giving up his governorship. Or if he won, I should say, he'd be giving up the governorship. Which I don't know if would be great because, like I said, he he's been the one protecting Florida, and because of federalism and the way our uh, our country is set up, the states are like the buffer between us, the people, and the federal government. The federal government can't always just come down and say, "Hey, states and citizens of that state, you need to do X, Y, and Z." It's not set up that way, not within um, our constitution and the framework of our country. So um, I think DeSantis would do great, but if he 
did get elected, did get nominated, and was no longer the state of Florida governor, I'm worried that I couldn't trust Floridians to vote another Republican in as governor. Nikki Freed, the current um, commissioner of agriculture, she's already uh, launching a campaign against DeSantis for to be the Democratic nominee for the um, state of Florida governor. And DeSantis barely beat Andrew Gillum. And then Andrew Gillum had his whole uh, fallout down there in South Florida. But DeSantis barely beat Gillum, and thankfully he did. I mean, Gillum, maybe maybe Gillum was under control whenever the election process was going on. But, and after that, since he lost, maybe it kind of threw him, I don't know. But thankfully DeSantis beat Gillum, but just because of that close victory, I don't trust Floridians to put another Republican into office. Like, it's not a sure thing. Florida is, I would say, purple. Even though we've had a string of Republican governors, and senators. They're, the liberal cities of Florida are continuing to grow, and so many people are coming to this state, and I don't believe all of them are. <laughs> I don't believe all of them are Republicans. There's a lot of uh, Democrats coming from New York, California, other uh, blue states in the Northeast, and I don't think they're always leaving their policies at home. So I'm conflicted about DeSantis. Um, conflicted about him. Would love for him to stay and protect Florida. But I also think he would do a great job as president as well, and, and for sure the Republican nominee. So who are the potential Democrat candidates? Well, like I said, I don't think Biden is going to be running again. He'll be, I believe it's 82 years old at the time, which is really old. I mean, that's, that's Bernie Sanders old. Uh, he would be already the oldest president. He would, he would beat his own record. Uh, but I think Biden is only going to last maximum two years and then hand it over to Kamala Harris. But the Democrat Party is in a precarious position because Kamala Harris has terrible, terrible popularity and approval ratings. She was the first candidate in 2020 on the Democrat side to take herself out of the, the running or the Democrat nominee. She got out before the state of California even voted because she was polling so terribly in her home state. I mean, you know you got to get out whenever you don't even when you wouldn't even win your home state in the primaries. So Kamala, she she may get the nod. Uh, I think she'll be up there because she has to be, so to speak. But I also think that she'll have some competition. I think Gavin Newsom would throw his hat into the ring. If you follow the California recall election, Gavin Newsom's speech wasn't so much about California. It, it sounded more so like a potential framework for a presidential run. And he's got the looks right. He's, I think, in his 50s. He's got the nice hair, the good face and everything. And was San Francisco mayor. Now he's the governor of California. California's the biggest state. Heavy, deep, deep blue. He could toss his hat into the ring. Gavin Newsom. I also think the current mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, could put his, his name in there. de Blasio's policies and politics, no one really likes him in New York, it seems like, uh, especially with all the COVID things, measures that he took, but he could put his name in there. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I think Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor of Atlanta, could do the same. And then Stacey Abrams. I believe Stacey Abrams could do that. 
could also put her name in the ring. She went up against Brian Kemp in the last election for governor of the state of Georgia. Narrowly missed out on being the governor of Georgia. I think she still claims to be the elected governor of Georgia, even though she wasn't. Those are my my potential Democrat candidates that would face off against Trump or any of the other Republican candidates that I just mentioned. And as I mentioned with Newsom, there was something about that California recall election that I think we, on the Republican side, the right side of the aisle, I think there's stuff we can glean from that. So Gavin Newsom was facing a recall as the governor of California because of just the dissatisfaction of uh, enough citizens in California to start the recall process. And when it came down to leading up to the recall election day, first you had Caitlyn Jenner toss her name in there, start off with great popularity, then kind of fizzled and faded. Then Larry Elder, who is a radio host, very popular, resides in California. He became the, the front runner down like the last three, four weeks starting at the last three or four weeks before the election. And leading up until about the last week of the election, Elder had a decent chance. I think he was around 46, 48% possibility that Newsom was going to be recalled. And all it takes is for the governor to be recalled. And then whoever has the most votes on the uh, opposing party, so the Republican side, whoever has the most votes would become governor. Don't even have to beat Newsom's vote count. Just Newsom just didn't need to get enough, and then that would open the door for someone to replace him. Well, Elder was that guy, and Newsom kept attacking Elder, but nothing that, but it was more personal attacks and kept tying Elder to Trump, saying that, don't be fooled by Elder. Elder is just Trumpism. He could even be, could even say he is more right-wing radical than Trump. That's what Newsom kept saying. And then when Newsom ultimately won, the recall election, you know, he was not recalled is during his acceptance speech. He kept referencing Trump. Like the whole strategy was not so much, hey, these are the great things I've done for the state of California. No, because Newsom's done so many uh, bad things. The strategy for his campaign was, look, whoever this candidate is, they are tied to Trump and they're going to be just as bad as Trump. Trumpism is the term he used. said that Trump may be out of office, but Trumpism is alive and well within the Republican Party. Just because the man is gone, don't think the ideals are gone. That's what Newsom kept saying. And I think that a lot can be taken from that. I think that would be the Democrat strategy in 2024, whether Trump runs or not. And let's think about it. If Trump runs, for sure. Trumpism, bash Trump. That's easy. They said Newsom won that recall because so many people got worked up with all the Trump mentions and tying Larry Elder to Trump that they turned out in greater numbers to vote. And that's the same thing for the 2020 election. So many people disliked Trump. Many people showed up, well, also mail-in ballots and other things. But one of the beliefs is that so many people disliked Trump that people, people showed up to vote that normally don't vote. That could be an issue for the Republican Party in 2024, whether Trump runs or not. He runs, it's definitely going to be a referendum on Trump. That's going to be the play from the Democrat Party. And if he doesn't run, the Democrat Party is going to do whatever they can to paint the GOP, the Republican nominee, as Trump. Trump endorsed. DeSantis is already there. 
um, Trump and DeSantis have a good relationship, and Trump's in, endorsed them before. Um, Trump and, and Kemp, a little bit uh, rockier, but that won't stop the Democrat Party from tying them together. Christy Noem, they'll look at some of her policies during COVID and say that, you know, that's just as bad as, as Trump. Rick Scott had support of Trump and vice versa, so they'll easily tie them together. Marco Rubio, maybe not as much, but Republican or Republican, so they'll do what they can to tie that to Trump. Mike Pence will definitely tie to Trump. I mean, he was this Trump's VP, for gosh sakes. Mike Pompeo was Trump's Secretary of State, so that's an easy one. Dan Crenshaw, probably the least tied, the least tied to Trump. But again, just like with Kemp and with Rubio, a Republican's a Republican, a Republican is Trump. That's what they'll, that's what they'll say. Greg Abbott, similar to DeSantis, they'll they'll tie them Trump and Abbott together, no problem. So 2024 for the Republican Party, yeah, there might be a lot of support, and yes, there might be some buyer's remorse right now. Who those who voted for Trump in 2016 but did not in 2020. They might be thinking, man, I wish we had Trump back. He may have been terrible on Twitter and not nice to their liking when dealing with the media and, and other folks. But his policies were pretty down the middle. Trump is a sheep in wolf's clothing, whereas Biden is, in his administration is a wolf in sheep's clothing. So what does the GOP do for 2024? Does Trump run? If so, it's going to be a referendum on Trump. If Trump does not run, whoever the nominee is for the Republican Party will be associated with Trump, and it'll be like a Trump-lite referendum. So maybe Trump isn't best, or maybe it doesn't matter. From a Republican standpoint, I believe it doesn't matter. Either way, you need to get your butt to the polls and vote. You need to put aside mean tweets if it is Trump, and think what were his policies while he was president, and do you agree with them? Do you agree with them, and do you think it is the best stance or the best policy for the country? Do not vote based on emotion. Emotional decisions are not good decisions. Think with a clear head. Don't get wrapped up in what you're being told by the mainstream media. There's a track record a mile long. If it is Trump, he's president for four years. You can go back and look at every single thing he did. It's all public record and make your decision, and leave the emotions at the door, right? That's the phrase. Check your emotions at the door. But if it's not Trump, and let's say it's DeSantis, because like I said, he's currently right now, based on a CPAC poll and other polls, the second favorite to be the Republican nominee. So if it's DeSantis, same thing. Look at his history in Florida. See if you agree with it. And I think he's done a great job. DeSantis fights back, similar to Trump. But DeSantis does not use all the name-calling and ugly language and mean tweets like Trump did. So DeSantis himself is kind of like a trump light, right? He'll fight when he needs to fight, but he's more, more skilled and artful at it. He uses facts to his advantage to push back and doesn't just constantly beat up on everyone when it's not warranted. Or I shouldn't say not warranted, but not necessary, right? You don't have, always have to be punching, so to speak. Now, if Trump does run, DeSantis will not, and I don't think DeSantis would be the VP. 
Because again, that'll leave Florida unprotected just for what a VP position. You could find someone else to be your VP. Maybe it'd be Pompeo, who knows. But I do think Trump is going to run again in 2024. His ego is too big not to. I think most of y'all will agree with me on that. So Trump is going to run in 2024. That's my prediction. And my prediction is that it will be a referendum on Trump. Trump running, he'll be the nominee, he'll win that. If Trump runs, I think he will run unopposed because it wouldn't make sense for other Republicans to run against him. He already has the 75 million person base. He's already out there basically campaigning with his uh, PACs and joint uh, fund committees, getting all the excitement and everyone revved up to support to take over the House and the Senate in 2022. And then also looking ahead for candidates in 2024. So I think Trump does run and I think he runs unopposed. Who his VP is, I don't know. But I do believe Trump will run in 2024 and he'll run unopposed. He just, there's just too much that still remains from Trump with the voting base to try to start over with a new candidate to win all those same people over. Even with a Trump endorsement of a different candidate. But if I had my way and Trump and Trump will, like I said, I'm convinced he's going to announce a, a run in 2024. If I had my way in a perfect world, Trump would run. He would govern like he did before with his policies, but he would dial back the language, the rhetoric that he used day in and day out. Twitter was great for him. It allowed him to get directly to the, the public, to us Americans. But there were just too many times when he just didn't need to say certain things that he said. Mean tweets, yes, I agree with that. Constantly over his four years, I would say to myself and say to others, man, if he would just cut down on his language like 50% of the time, his favorability would be over 50%. If he only punched against others when he absolutely had to, he would be above 50% approval. He needs to be able to win back those who he lost the support of in 2020. He needs to win back the people who voted for him in 2016 that decided not to vote for him in 2020. If he can do that, he'll win in 2024. I mean, he almost won in 2020. And whoever the Democrats put out there is not going to be as strong of a candidate, not going to have the base like he'll have. But, like I was talking about in the California recall election, It'll be a referendum on Trump, and Trump turns out voters on both sides of the aisle. So Republicans will have to show up in mass and vote him into the Oval Office once again. But Trump just needs to dial down the language. Fight when you have to, but don't when you don't. I hope that he learns from his 2020 election. I hope Trump learns his lesson from the 2020 election. That he learns that the mean tweets campaign was effective against him. And that he does not always have to talk that way. He just needs to dial down the mean tweets and the tough tweets and that language in 2024. And I believe he'll win. Especially with the path the Biden administration is taking right now. It's been eight months. There's nothing they can celebrate. No wins. No great accomplishments. In fact, it's some eight months of the opposite. But Trump does not need to dive into the, the mud and get himself coated and dirtied up and beat up for no reason. Stay above it. Stay above the fray, right? Let the Biden administration keep doing what they're doing, unfortunately, for the 
my opinion, the detriment of the country, but don't have any unforced errors, right? To take something from sports, from tennis, no unforced errors. Don't get down in the mud and get yourself dirty because then you and your opponent are both dirty. Stay clean. Stay above it. So I think Trump runs in 2024. I don't know who his VP candidate will be. And I don't think Biden runs in 2024. It's going to be Kamala Harris or Gavin Newsom. That's my prediction. We have three years or a little bit less, I guess, since before the election cycle to figure that out. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if my prediction's correct. Again, it's Trump in 2024. Maybe Pompeo as his VP. Get the band back together, so to speak. Versus Kamala Harris and or Gavin Newsom on the Democrat side. And I hope people vote with their heads and not with their hearts. All right, that's it for this episode. Remember to subscribe and engage with me on Instagram at counter underscore thought, on Twitter at counter underscore podcast, and on the Counterthought Podcast page on Facebook. Thank you for listening to Counterthought. 